0: All right, what a great-looking group we have this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the space that he's given us to be able to assemble like this together. It is just wonderful. I feel like the bad guy to actually have to break up the, the sweet fellowship that is taking place and the catching up that's taking place. And so uh, hopefully we can have some time on the back end to, to have some more of that and continue that. But I want to welcome you to the Discipleship Takeover uh, yes. Yes. Not just that, but, but the, the first adult discipleship takeover. We had the first one with the student ministry, which which went very, very well. But this is the first adult discipleship takeover. So it's going to be even better, right? So because we got the adults in the room, so at least we think. But for us as a discipleship team, one of our critical goals is to make sure that we stay connected, that we stay unified here at MBT as it relates to being disciples indeed and making them. And so, one of the, the ways that we've identified that we can promote that is doing what we're doing right here, and that is to have a time where we all come together and put the spotlight on discipleship where we believe it needs to be placed at any particular time. And so as we begin looking at this and building this, uh, the Meyer space was a no-brainer. When you look at the Sunday fellowships that meet at 9 a.m., it's like this is, why wouldn't we not do this? And so uh, thank you once again, Lord, for giving us this space so that we can on a Sunday morning. Having said that, I want to take a moment to just recognize the Sunday fellowships that are here, but we actually do have a plus one because Vietnam is in the house. Right? Yes. Vietnam is in the house. Not for long, but they're in the house. All right. Yes. Actually, Life Fellowships, stay tuned. We're going to have them next week. So excited about that. Is good ground in the house? Yeah. All right. Is whole heart in the house? All right. Is life fellowship in the house? Yeah. All right. Now, last and certainly not least, I saved faith fellowship for last for this reason because we have a special announcement. Is James, James Fife around? There he is. Okay. So... Faith fellowship, here you go.
1: Okay. So Jesus says that he's the good shepherd, and he talks about good shepherds and says that he knows his sheep and he is and the sheep know him, right? So when we think about good sheep. If I keep yelling, okay, I don't have to yell now. <laughs> I can whisper. Here's the thing: if you're in Faith Fellowship, you know you've got a good shepherd, right? Yeah. But even if you're not in Faith Fellowship, you guys know you know Del Thomas. You know how he loves his sheep. You know how he serves not just his sheep but the body. If you've been in Kaya, if you've been around this church, you know he's a man who's been faithful to the to the ministry and he's a man uh, who's been faithful to his sheep. Today, Dell, where are you? Come up here with me. Today, he's going to hide, is Dell's birthday. So we got you a little love, and since we're super fellowship, we have super choirs. So let's sing Happy Birthday. Yeah. Thanks, bro. We love you. Thank you for serving the body the way that you do. This is from all of us. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Thank you. Next up, Malaya. Where's Malaya? Malaya's here, go.
2: All right, we're going to play some games, and I know you guys are going to act a little shy, but I need you guys to participate because there are prizes. So we're going to do trivia, um, and this is against all the different fellowships, so if you want your fellowship to have bragging rights, you better participate. Okay, so we'll, we'll yes, all right, 500 points! <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to start with something easy. This is 100 points and whoever's hand I see first go up is who I'm going to call on and then you'll say um, which fellowship you're a part of and then we'll keep track of the points. So the first question is what meal is served fourth week every Tuesday? Yes. Wow, that was a complete answer, very good, that is correct, Mexican night, we love it on fourth week, it is great, all right, for 300 points, let me mark off that I did that one, yep, we're going up, what was Pastor Mike Reneau's fellowship named prior to planting, oh man, I don't know who was first, right here, right here? Life cereal is correct. What fellowship? Faith, fellowship? Faith Fellowship. Okay. You guys are doing really well. Okay, for five hundred points. Hmm, which one do I want to do? What is Pastor Sam's male dog's name? Oh, you. I, I'm gonna have to. Sorry. Yes. Earl is the dog's name. Good job. Also, Faith faith Fellowship, Faith Fellowship for 500 points. Okay, back to 100. Okay, when is the next Cost of Discipleship class? Next Saturday. Next Saturday, that is correct, August 12th. Oh! All right, come on, where are the other fellowships at? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Faith Fellowship is dominating right now. All right, for 300 points, I'm looking at this side of the room. <laughs> what does GAP stand for? Yes. Is it it's grace grace for all people? I put God for all
3: people.
2: <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you 500 points for that one. <laughs> what fellowship? Whole heart. 500 points darn, I thought it was God for all people. I had someone fact-checked me, and they didn't tell me that. Okay, 500 points. I'm going to look over here in this vicinity. Oh, is kind of a hard one. You have to get all of it right, but you can phone a friend. Name all the fellowships at MBT. Yes. Mm Hmm. (laughs) I think you have two more. Yes, adult fellowships. We said one over here that I messed up. Yep. Perfect. That was five hundred. That was five hundred for faith fellowship. Man. Okay. Come on, you guys got this one. I'm looking at life fellowship for this one. Who is Pastor Kenny's favorite team? What? What Michigan? What? Yeah, <laughs> University of Michigan, right? Yes. I just want to make sure you weren't saying Michigan State. Oh. Exactly. Oh, okay. I'm going to give 200 points for that because you described it so well. (laughs) Okay. All right. For 300 points, what does FOI stand for and what is one way you can get involved? Oh, nice. Yes. Airport pickups. That was for 300 points. And then what fellowship? Life fellowship. And then I'll give 100 points to someone else who knows another way you can be involved in? CE. CE. Conversational English. Okay, perfect. Yeah, oh, oh, man. (laughs) Okay, 100 points to someone else who can say another way. Welcome party. Welcome party. Good job. Do you have another one? It's similar. Yeah, I think it's called food, and I put food faith and food just food in general okay which you're in life fellowship whole heart okay 100 points whole heart 100 <laughs> points faith fellowship i see who likes to be involved here <laughs> is there another way you tell me oh okay yes we'll give that 100 points <laughs> oh gosh Okay, come on, where's good ground at? Good ground. What? I'm gonna give you guys a question. Good ground. This is for 500 points, and you guys better get this one. How many lessons are currently in the biblical discipleship book? How many lessons are in the biblical discipleship book? 18, 500 points, good ground. Good job. (laughs) Oh. Hopefully, Good Ground can get this one, but I'll look at anyone for this one. Who is the leader of Good Ground Fellowship? Oh, man, I I saw you guys first. Uriah, that is correct. That was for 100 points, Life Fellowship. Okay, this this is the only Bible question I'm going to ask, so get out your Blue Letter Bible app if you don't know this answer. Where does the phrase disciples indeed come from? Is it Romans 8:31? <laughs> <laughs> is it in Romans 8:30? Okay, I didn't think so, but the 8:31 830, is correct. Do you want to try again? Yes.
3: It
2: would be. No. Uh, I don't know if I uh, I might have to give it to someone else. Anyone else check it out in their Bible? Yeah, Tina? John 8.31. (laughs) That's okay, that's okay. John 8.31, it says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed in him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. That was 300 points. Nice job. For whole heart. For whole heart. I'm sorry. Faith fellowship has been dominating a little too much, so... (laughs) Okay, let's see, four, okay, this is for 500 points. When do classes start for LFBI, and what class are you signing up for? No. Okay. Church history. Okay, that was 500 points to Faith Fellowship. And then I think I have one more. This is also for 500 points, so whoever grabs it. What is the official date that MBT became a church? Oh, you got it, Missy. 1st, 2007. 500 points. <laughs> Good job guys. Okay, so a lot of you guys answered questions. Who who won? We'll see. We'll see. We should count it to be fair. Faith Fellowship has 2200. Is that the winner? Okay, all the bragging rights it sounds like goes to Faith Fellowship. Good job. Yeah. Um If you answered a question, I do have prizes, so find me afterwards. We have t-shirts, and then we have 52 weeks of pursuit, and then obviously bragging rights for the next year for Faith Fellowship. So congrats. (laughs) Thank you, guys.
4: Good morning, guys all right that was exciting now a less exciting part sorry guys <clears throat> all right uh tell you what let's let's take a minute and pray let's get, our, let's get our minds in the right place here uh the lord we just thank you for just allowing us to gather this morning um father we're thankful for the fellowship that we get to have lord thank you for the space you've blessed us with thank you for the brothers and sisters in christ lord we thank you for your word we thank you father for discipleship um Man, it's, uh, it's been a blessing in my life and so many others, and Lord, we want to, we want to speak about it, we want to continue to be disciples, and, and Lord, we want to, to continue to promote that and let the world know what it is to follow you, and so Father, would you help us to do that today? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, so um, I was asked to give a, a brief testimony about discipleship, so back in early 2017, um, by the way, I'm Mark Rhodes, for those of you that, that don't know me. Um, my wife, Carla, over here. So we, uh, yes, thank you. Give it up for Carla. Uh, man, I, I'm telling you, man, it's 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 a blessing. So we were we were dating, and we went to Costa discipleship, and found out that uh, we couldn't get discipled because we were living in sin, and and you know the Lord wasn't cool with it, and neither was the church. And so uh, praise the Lord for it. It was a turning point in our in our relationship, not only with each other but with the Lord. And uh, man, God used it we were able to, um, you know, take some time to, to really pray and consider what it was to follow the Lord. Um, thankful for, for that being shown to us and, man, for God just working on our hearts. So, you know, we had been attending MBT for a while. Uh, we were the, the people that came in late, sat in the back, and then left early so that no one would talk to us, um, which, you know, you can do that a couple times maybe, but it's hard, man. Like, the people that work the doors like they'll catch you even in the middle of the service. So, good job to the hospitality team. Um, but yeah, man, so we uh so we got married. We made that ther- uh, that right and then we got to uh we got to join Life Fellowship and get discipled by Larry and Anita Smith. And man, praise God for the Smiths. It was so cool because, you know, early in marriage, we got to be with a couple that had had experience in marriage and got to show us not only what the Bible says about being a disciple um, and, and just you know, living out God's word in that aspect, but also for marriage, right? And, and what it looks like to be a biblical um, you know, husband and, and wife and how to follow the Lord in that way. And so we're really thankful for that. Um, so through that, you know, we, uh, we were growing in God's word. Uh, we were growing in uh, just being able to start serving in the church um, and learning about worship and, uh, and really getting plugged in here, and so, and it was a blessing, Uh, I would say that from discipleship, and then continuing on into, you know, D2, and, and getting those foundational things that we needed to learn to be leaders, and how to, uh, how to impart what we learned to other people, it was, it was key, Uh, we needed it, this is not how I was raised, so it was a very different mindset, Um, and man, I, I just praise God for it, so, you know, we've, been blessed to uh to be able to serve in my fellowship uh man Kenny's had nothing but grace for us uh, as we make mistakes and learn and continue to uh to figure this thing out but you know it's it's a blessing and and man where else will we go right like there there is nowhere else where we can be a part of what God's doing in, in this way um man, and 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 to be able to follow in, in God's word and um to be able to invest that in others so it's a huge blessing man that we're at the point where uh, yeah, somebody said it over here, the, the next Costa of discipleship class Saturday, man, come hang out with us. I've actually had the privilege to be able to, to teach in those. And, and man, that's just, it's so cool because I remember being there listening and, and considering God's word for myself and being like, wow, this is what it is to follow the Lord. And, uh, man, it's, it's so worth it. So I just want to encourage you if you're on the fence, um, man, man, come and hang out with us, get some information, ask questions, and see what God has to say about being a true disciple. Um, yeah, I can testify, um, you know, I was just talking with James this morning, like he said, like the three best decisions he ever made in his life, and the most impactful ones really would be, you know, salvation, and discipleship, and marriage, right, and so, man, I, I'm thankful for it. I can say that discipleship not only helped me in my relationship with God, but also, Uh, With my wife, would you agree? Okay, putting it on the spot. Uh, But yeah, it really was, man. Just the best thing that you could do for everyone in your life, right? Like whether it's your family, your friends, your coworkers, the best thing that we can do is really just follow the Lord, right? Uh, If we're doing that, and that is our testimony, uh, man, that is the biggest impact that we'll have. So, um, and I'm gonna invite you guys to uh, to consider. You know, we're gonna we're gonna sing this morning, um, and when it comes to worship and we talk about uh, worshiping the Lord, you know, we're ascribing worth to the Lord, right? And we're saying, what is God worth to us? And when we think about um, what is it all about? Like what is our existence about? And it is to know the Lord, it's to, to obey his commandments, right? But also to to make him known, right? So that that is done through discipleship, through preaching. and uh, And so man, I just wanna consider that in our own lives. And if we could declare that this morning, if you've been discipled, or if you have not been discipled, what is God worth to you, right? And, and can we take that serious about knowing him and, and making him known? Uh, so I'd like to invite you guys to, to stand and sing with me this morning, um, and just consider that as we're as we're singing. <coughs>
3: face that I may know you in an intimate way and follow after you all of my days and follow after you all of my days that I may gaze upon your beauty, O Lord, that I may seek your holy face, that I may know you in an intimate way, follow after you all of my days. Follow after you all of my days
4: Can you guys declare this with me?
3: You're out of life It comes down to just one thing That's to know you Oh Jesus, make you know all of life it comes down to just one thing and that's to know you oh jesus and make you known all of life comes down to just one thing that's to know you oh jesus and make you known all of life it comes down to just one thing, that's to know you. Oh, Jesus, and make you. Amen.
4: Right. You guys can have a seat.
5: Um, okay, so my name's Nick Hatton, um, I'm a member of the discipleship team, and I've been serving on this team under Kenny for about four years now, I think I'm in my fourth year, and um, r- real quick, I just want to say, you know, I had uh, I had Alvaro, Malaya's husband, lead the the question time, the trivia time, and the high school takeover, and clearly I made a mistake, right? Like, <laughs> I should have had Malaya just do that to begin with, yeah, she had you guys very involved. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so my wife and I, we've served on the team for about four years now. Uh, my wife's at home with our two-week-old daughter right now, so praise yes, praise God. Um, so she'd be here otherwise, uh, and so for the for majority of the time that I've been on the discipleship team, H- uh, Hannah and I have, our, our main role has been overseeing the pairing process for all of the church, okay, and up until recently, we've, we've stepped out of that role, and now Nathan and Maggie Schrader oversee that process. So that's, you know, that's good information for all of you to know, and just to, as far as who you reach out to for future needs and stuff like that. But um, I'm going to go ahead and just take a little bit of time to explain the pairing process and that that sort of what happens on the back end, because I think it's beneficial for, for everybody to know, like, what goes into pairing up individuals in the church, okay? And uh, where that process begins is in the cost of discipleship class, which we just heard Mark uh, talk about. And, you know, I don't, I don't feel the need to explain it too in depth because I think Mark did a great job. But, you know, what essentially takes place in the COD class, if you're in this room, if you've never taken it, if you've heard it several times, is the, uh, the expectation, according to Scripture that's laid out for us in God's Word, is covered as far as what somebody should expect who's saying, I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I want to have God's word invested into my life from another person who had God's word invested into their life uh, on, a, on a scriptural basis, okay? So that's, that's what's talked about in that class. We do a, we do a study over Luke chapter 14. Uh, it's, it's Again, it's every um, other month. It's typically the first Saturday of any month. It's, I think, the second Saturday of this month. Um, and uh, it's it's great, you know. Just like Mark said, it it also changed my life. Like I I wasn't raised in the church. Going to COD showed me what it actually meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And up until that point, I'd spent I'd spent two years of my life just trying to figure out the answer to that question. Um, so the the class is fantastic. But at the end of that class, uh, every person in there gets a the decision to make. They get to decide: Do I want to move forward in this process or not? It's People don't always choose to after they've seen the biblical expectation for following Jesus Christ. And again, I do want to place emphasis on that. Uh, what's covered in that class is not is not the church's expectation. It's not something the pastors of the church got together and decided this is what discipleship should look like at MBT. It is it is it is biblical discipleship, and that's that's where the expectation comes from, is Scripture. Uh, but again, at the end of that class, everybody gets to decide. They get to if they choose to move forward in that process, what they're going to do is they're going to fill out a form, which you're going to do if you're in here and you've not attended that class, but you choose to is you'll fill out a form and you'll answer a few basic questions, your name, uh, your age. Do you have any kids? Do you have transportation? What uh, fellowship are you a part of in the church? If any, are you a part of a, a Bible study? Do you have somebody that you're hoping to be discipled by? Like all of these things are questions that, that you, that any individual would fill out on this form. And then all of those forms would go to uh, the discipleship team directly. So it's going to go to Nathan and Maggie now. And what takes place once they receive those forms is typically it's a two-week-long process of communication between the discipleship team, the pastors, and the fellowship leaders throughout the church to try and figure out who is the person that should disciple this individual. Okay? So uh, there's a lot of communication there's, there's a lot of uh, accountability along the way in, in how those decisions are getting made. Uh, you know, to, to lay it out even more plainly, essentially what happens is at the end of that two weeks, the discipleship team has a list of names that they've received from the people who are over these individuals in the church. Uh, and typically, you know, well, it's always, it's always uh, a fellowship-led decision. So fellowship leaders typically have the last say. But then the pastors get together over and uh, together, and they look at all of the suggestions that we're, that we're come up with, and then as a group decide, like, okay, do we, do we sign off on these suggestions? Is there something that we need to, uh, to flag and say, actually, we think this individual should maybe be discipled by this person? So we have all these different layers of accountability along the way that, uh, you know, after, after four years of seeing this process happen time and time again... Um, it happens six times a year what what, what I think you know com, comes of this is this is this process that that really ends up matching an individual with the best person to disciple them as as guided by the leaders in our church and and the individuals in the church who who might have insight and know those individuals so um, it's it 's a very layered process okay and I, I say all that to say that like, what's, what's very clear and evident to me, and I, and I hope to all of you, is uh, this, this isn't like a get in line type of thing that takes place, right? It's not like people are lining up and saying, I'm next to disciple uh, throughout the church. Like, that's, that's not how this works. There's, there's much more that goes into it. Um, we, we believe it to be a God-led decision that, that lands us with a disciple. So, so there is no line. There isn't a ticket system, right? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not like that. And um, over, over four years of seeing that process happen, time and time again, uh, we do get questions from individuals who have been discipled, who have even gone through foundations two and three, and uh, they might come to us and say, hey, how come I've not been paired up to disciple? Um, we also get, I, I've also received text messages that say like, um, hey, I'm available to, to disciple, you can put me on the list to, to pair me up. And, and that's, that's good. Like, it's not a bad thing that these questions are being answered and these comments are being made because it shows that, that people have a heart. They want to invest in another believer, as, as Scripture tells us that we're supposed to do. But, um, you know, the answer to those remarks, to those questions, is always the same thing. And, it, and it's, okay, so the best way for you to get paired up to disciple is, is to go fish for a disciple right? Like that's the best way for anybody to get paired up for discipleship at MBT. If it was a ticket system, if there was a line that everybody just stood in waiting for the disciple to fall into their lap, well, that'd be, that'd be a church program. And that's not what, that's not how we view discipleship at MBT. It's, it is a a process of, of, of transferring a life that's based in Jesus Christ from one believer to another. And, and, and and there's, there's no space for a, a ticket process in that matter. Um, so, you know, very early on, Jesus Christ tells the disciples, I'm going to make you into fishers of men, right? This is, this is a comment that he makes to them. And so, you know, really as far as information goes, but also just encouragement, uh, I do want to just extend to all of you that um, our, our mindsets, as, as, it, as the pairing process goes, cannot be, when's my disciple going to come to me? It has to be God, who, do, who are you going to place in my life for me to, to disciple? And, and really, that's where the pairing process begins. You know, Yeah, we turn on the form and pairing happens there. But the, the process begins in our, in our minds and our hearts and our thoughts and our prayers as we are seeking after people to lead to the Lord so that we can then walk alongside them patiently, guiding them, answering, answering their questions about Scripture, bringing them into the church, and maybe after months of just walking alongside this individual, suggesting, hey, you know, you've been at this church for a while now. It seems like this is your church home. Maybe you ought to think about something we do here called discipleship. And then you lead them to that class. And, and, and if that's the case, if that's how it works out, well, when they s- fill out that form, it really only makes sense that you'd be the individual to, to invest in that person on a one-on-one basis. Had, have you, gone through the, had you gone through the process yourself. Um, and In that, and, and that process, there's nothing programmatic about it, right? That, that is how biblical discipleship takes place. That is what we are called to do as followers of Jesus Christ, is to to always be in the process of beginning the process of discipleship. Um, so if you guys have any questions about the, the discipleship process and the pairing process, uh, you, can, you can reach out to, to me. Um, I might be slow to answer because I do have this little baby I'm, I'm assisting my wife with right now. Um, but Nathan and Maggie Schrader are available, they're, both their emails are on, are available on the website um, and they're they're excellent people to work with. I do just wanna give everybody a rundown of the, or a breakdown of what COD has looked like this year before I hand the mic off here. But um, so, so far this year we've had three COD classes, okay? And uh, this has been the attendance by percentage points. So 51% of the cost of discipleship attendees have been um, from Kaya. 43% from, have been from all the other adult fellowships combined. And then 6% um, have been people who have attended absent being in a fellowship. So they, they are fellowshipless. And typically, those people end up in a fellowship after getting paired uh, with a certain individual. So um, there's that information for you. Again, if you guys have any questions, feel free to, to reach out, and we'll be happy to, to, to help with anything. Um, and with that, I'm going to hand the mic off to David Gelvin for another testimony.
6: Okay, well, good morning, uh, everyone. As Nick just said, yeah, thank you. Like I said, I'm David Galvin. I'm hey Christina, um, that's my sister. Um, I'm a member at Midtown here. I belong to the Kaya Fellowship. Um, I already ruined my intro because uh, I was gonna I was gonna make a joke about speaking at the Good Ground Life of Wholehearted Faith Fellowship. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, I don't know if we want to rebrand, but. Um, but yeah, I switched over to uh, Midtown in, in the summer of 2020 during COVID. So I've been here for about three years. And since that time, I have uh, completed biblical discipleship. I have apprenticed two disciples to completion. I've, uh, I've completed 12 hours of LFBI as of last night, 12 credit hours. Um, and I'm currently discipling a guy in Kaya. We're a little bit over halfway right now. And I say all of that just to brag. <laughs> No, uh, I, I say that to give an indication of the, of the spiritual journey I've had in uh, what has felt like a relatively short amount of time. And that journey really started in the summer of 2020 when I t- attended the Cost of Discipleship class. Uh, my class was taught by Pastor James Fife. I remember that day vividly. If you're familiar with Pastor James, you can imagine that that class was pretty intense. Uh, he was like, if you're not ready to be waterboarded in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you can't sign up. And I was like, okay, I'm not ready. Um, he didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> but, but he did teach the true cost of following Jesus with your whole life. Um, and, and that was a real paradigm shift in my life. I remember going home feeling very sober about the subject, and I knew I needed to, make, to take that decision very seriously. Um, and I think the most important lesson I learned from cost of discipleship is that uh, I knew I couldn't be qualified to follow Jesus, but I had to be willing. Um, the, the older I get, the harder it gets to change. Uh, I get more stuck in my ways, and for some reason, change just becomes more abrasive uh, to my entire life. And and so what Cost of Discipleship did for me is it provided this catalyst for legitimate change, All right, It gave me the opportunity to draw a line in the sand of what is otherwise a pretty homogenous life. My life was just pretty routine, um, pretty pretty regular, but it gave me the opportunity to stop and decide and deliberately let my life be changed by God's Word. And so I signed up and I got paired with Eric Phillips, uh, which I think most people are know Eric. And uh, our discipleship lasted about a year. It was an incredible experience. Uh, it, it was rich. It was difficult. It was harder than I expected. It was eye-opening. It was tiresome. Uh, it was fun. It was personal. And it was fast. It was over before I knew it. And uh, true biblical discipleship, it, it cannot happen without coming face-to-face with serious issues in your heart. It's just, it can't happen without that, and, and one of the biggest issues that I had to deal with during discipleship was lordship, this concept of lordship. When I first started coming around, I kept hearing this question of, you know, Jesus is your savior, but is he your lord? And I, I think I would have said yes beforehand. I'd already made some significant sacrifices in my, in my life in the name of Jesus up to that point, but looking back now, I can see so easily that I was like Peter, right? I was, I was, you know, telling the Lord, yeah, I'll die for you, Jesus, you know, any day. I'll do whatever, whatever you want. And then moments later, it's like, not so, Lord. Whoa, slow your roll, you know? <laughs> and, um, and, and I think the most important lesson I learned in discipleship, um, you know, I was, I was actually afraid of lordship, but it seemed like bondage to me. And I would kind of misconceptualized it in my mind to just say, well, just be more religious, and that was so far from the truth. And, and one of the most important things I learned from discipleship is there's just nothing better than having Jesus as your Lord. There's Just nothing better. It's the best way to live. It's the best place to be, being surrendered to Jesus. That is true freedom. It's not restrictive. It's liberating. Um, and it is the theme of the life of a disciple. Uh, To quote Pastor Kinney, the theme of the life of a disciple indeed is the Lordship of Jesus Christ and obedience is the ultimate proof of Lordship. Um, And so you can't can't be his disciple without him being your Lord and without obeying his word. And and biblical discipleship gave me an opportunity to learn uh, how to live that way. And, uh, And so discipleship came to an end and I was so thankful because the timing of my discipleship concluded right before uh, the start of Foundations II. I was able to enroll directly into LFBI. Um, and and I, I didn't want to lose the spiritual momentum that had been built up through discipleship. You know, just a little bit of sleep and a little bit of slumber. And all of a sudden, you're just back living in your old life. And so fortunately, those two things dovetailed very well for me. And in LFBI, the focus switched a lot. Um, from everything being about me uh, to nothing being about me, <laughs> which, was, which was good because I was learning how to serve the body. Um, and, and with this new season came an entirely set of new spiritual challenge, challenges. Stewardship, having to manage, you know, four credit hours in LFBI with a full-time job, with ministry involvement, with regular living. It's a lot. It's a lot to be able to manage and do everything well, and I'm—I don't—I'm not even married, and I don't have any kids. So, you know, you guys are like, what are you complaining about? Um, <laughs> like, what do you know about time management? Probably nothing. Um, <laughs> um, growing weary and well doing is is another challenge I've experienced as an LFBI student, right? It, it can become monotonous. It become it becomes difficult. You can start losing zeal. And you can all of a sudden find yourself resenting something that you were so excited about at the, at the beginning. Um, dealing with sin. You know, it's like you get down this path and you still have to deal with sin. It's like, well, am I even a disciple? Like, how can I be this far and yet I'm still struggling with these things? Um, so there, there was a whole new set of challenges. But I've learned that all of those challenges are really just opportunities to grow deeper in my relationship with God. God uses the difficulty, the pressure of those challenges uh, to expose spiritual impurities in our lives. Um, You just not, you don't grow when you're comfortable. You just don't. Um, and and LFBI provides the environment to intentionally put yourself in an uncomfortable position, to stretch yourself, to see what you're made of, to see, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, And so I think the biggest challenge I have faced while being an LFBI student is just learning to abide because you can force yourself to do anything for about 18 months just through sheer will, uh, but eventually you'll run out of that discipline. And and so learning how to just abide in Jesus day by day, um, to not lose that fervor, to not miss the forest through the trees has been by far one of the most um, you know, significant lessons I've learned as, as an LFBI student. So um, so that's been my experience so far, and uh, you know, as I continue down this path of growth, that verse, John 8.31, continues to prove true, and, and, and the distinguishing factor is just, are you going to continue? Are you going to move forward in faith step by step? And so if you haven't uh, signed up for cost of discipleship, if, if you're sort of standing on the edge and wondering if you should take that step, I highly encourage you to do it. You can find a million reasons not to, and those reasons can be good, Um, but it is so worth moving forward in faith, and so um, I ask you to think about that, pray through it, and uh, yeah, I'll hand it over to Kenny.
0: I just want to say, at the start, I can totally see James waterboarding people so I might have to be at the next C.L.D. class that he teaches, because that sounds like a lawsuit for MBT. Ferdinand Damar was the subject of a book and a movie, both titled The Great Imposter. He made a career out of posing as other people. During the Korean War, he pulled off his boldest hoax After stealing the credentials of a doctor he knew and masquerading as a surgeon with the Royal Canadian Navy, without saying a day of medical school, he performed a number of surgical procedures, including the extraction of a bullet that was lodged near the heart of a soldier. He later said that he consulted medical textbooks to do it. But his success ultimately led to media attention, which eventually exposed him as a fraud. Based on the only usage of a phrase in Scripture that Jesus used, I want to ask everyone this morning a rhetorical question. And it's from John 8.31. You've been hearing all about it this morning. You've been seeing it on the screen, but here it is. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. As we've been saying all morning, this phrase, disciples indeed, is this is the only place that you find it in Scripture, but please don't mistake that for insignificance. It is not. It is very significant because the phrase simply points to someone who is truly a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's not someone who is a disciple in name only. It's someone who is truly a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, it's wonderful to see a number of folks around MBT who sport the Disciples Indeed t-shirt. Uh, that is fantastic. Uh, corey Gray designed the logo. corey has got the goods when it comes to graphic design. I mean, she... Knocks it out of the park every time. Yes, he does. And I have been racking my brain forever trying to figure out the best way to capture in a phrase or a word, how do we capture the essence of what we mean when we say discipleship at MVT? Like, how, how, do we, how do we brand that where people get it? They see it and they get it. And we were sitting in a meeting. I mean, I had gone, I mean... I'm embarrassed to tell you how many hours I had spent trying to uh, tame this beast. And Malaya just says, how about disciples indeed? And I'm like, man, you deserve a medal.
3: <laughs>
0: like, yes, that's it. That's exactly what we're trying to say. And, and from there, here we are. But with the Lord's help, the phrase simply speaks to what we're trusting God for in terms of a discipleship culture here. It's what we're trusting God for, is that as a church, we would be a culture, we, we'd be a place where there are true disciples of Jesus Christ. Not people who just come to church and punch a spiritual clock, not people who just identify as such, but people who really are. Where the exception to the rule here is to be a disciple in name only. That's what we're trusting God for. But to honestly answer the question that I want to ask you this morning, we we've got to revisit something that is as basic as the alphabet. And you find it at the root of the initial call to discipleship from Jesus and it stares you right in the face, and has been staring all of us in the face for many years. Consider these verses: Matthew four and eighteen, and He saith unto them, "Follow Me, and I will make you fishers of men." Mark 1:17, and Jesus said unto them, "Come ye after Me, and I will make you to become fishers of men." Luke five ten. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Uh, My time is very, very short. So we have to conclude right away. Listen. If a believer is not a fisher of men, they are not a disciple indeed. If a believer is not a fisher of men, they are not a disciple indeed. Teaching 18 lessons or being taught 18 lessons alone does not qualify anyone as a disciple indeed. There are many things that can be done and are done under the umbrella of ministry in many good churches like Midtown, but those things can be done without including fishing for men. As a matter of fact, if we're honest, sometimes we can fish for people within the church to come and be a part of what we're doing, but that's not fishing for men. Now, a disciple indeed will do those things. They're going to teach 18 lessons. They're going to be taught 18 lessons. They're going to serve in ministry and do all of those wonderful things. But you can do those things without being a disciple indeed. But when a believer identifies as a disciple indeed without fishing for men, essentially all they're doing is masquerading just like Ferdinand de Meijer they're just masquerading as a disciple indeed. Because no one can be a disciple indeed without being a fisher of men. Throughout the year, we entertain a number of conversations, Zoom meetings, inquiries from pastors and leaders from all over the place who are trying to figure this discipleship thing now. And I've been a part of a number of those discussions Throughout the year, I had one just a week ago. Great group of guys that mean well and all of that. But, but having been a part of that, here's what it ultimately comes down to in terms of their interest. They're usually interested in two things. Number one, the curriculum. Tell me about that. Let me see that. What do you use? And then the structure. How do you do it? Those are all relevant issues, but as much as I can, if I can get them to hear this, and I will tell you, having done a number of these now, this is really hard for them to grasp, and it blows my mind. These are pastors. I don't say that to come off as arrogant, but it's this basic. But what it comes down to is this. What I try to convey to them is that without a culture of fishermen... The curriculum and the structure, they're irrelevant. You can have the right curriculum, you can have the right structure, but if you don't have a culture that is fishing for men, then who are you going to disciple? All the curriculum does is become another Bible study for people in the church, it's just another Bible study. And when that's done, then now what do we do? Because if you're not fishing for men, inevitably, you are going to run out of people to disciple. Now, life fellowship is probably at the point of exasperation with respect to what I am about to say. For the rest of you, this will be new, but it is this critical that I have to keep repeating it. Especially to all of us, because I know our history, I know our heritage, but, but I'm begging you to, to, to really, I need you to hear this, okay? Listen. Groups who intentionally gather for Bible study and fellowship without intentionally fishing for men will die a slow and painful death. Whether it be your Sunday fellowship, it be your small group Bible study where we're going to get together. And, and listen, in, in this culture, we love the word of God, don't we? We love to hear the word of God preach. We love to hear it taught. We love to talk about it. We love to study it. I think that's great. The fellowship this morning, was it not sweet and wonderful? That's great. And we're very intentional in those areas, aren't we? We're very intentional to make sure that we gather and we fellowship as we should be. We're very intentional when we talk about the structure of discipleship. Okay, Nick talked about it. We're going to pair you with them, and we're going to take the next year and and be faithful and diligent in the Word of God. And, And then we've got small group Bible studies where if we're not careful, we can sit in circles and basically preach at one another. And we just do this over and over and over and over and over and over again, but nobody's fishing. No one's fishing. It's like we've given one another permission to not fish. It's okay. It's been said a number of times that discipleship is the lifeblood of a church. I can live with that as long as we understand this. Evangelism is the lifeblood of discipleship. Yes, I agree. We must make disciples as a church. We've got to be about that business, absolutely. Discipleship is the lifeblood of a church as long as there is corporate agreement that evangelism is the lifeblood of discipleship. So the challenge for us is to be as deliberate, to be as consistent in fishing as we are in everything else that we do. Listen, I get it. If if you were to ask me, what's one of the hardest things that you've found to be that comes with being in ministry, I never would have imagined how hard it would be to win adults in this country to Christ. It's extremely difficult. 94% of decisions that are made for Christ are made early. So the older people get In their lost state, the harder their heart becomes and the harder they become to win. And so what we typically do, and and it's really, it's subtle, right? It's subconscious, we say, well, that's very difficult. And every time I try and go down that road, it ends with no one getting saved. So I just won't do that. And so then, like Nick talked about, so I'll just sit in my corner and just hope and wait that someday I'll get tapped on the shoulder to disciple somebody, that they'll just give me somebody. And what we're saying is, is, hey, if we're going to be a culture of disciples, indeed, we've got to be a culture of fishermen. Good ground has to be a culture of fishermen life fellowship must be a culture of fishermen faith fellowship must be a culture of fishermen whole heart and on and on and on did i get all the fellowships well class of spania gap okay is that good okay i agree with nick i think you do a better job than (laughs) Alvi. but you got to be intentional listen let me challenge you my time is up i'm actually a little overtime, and I told everybody to watch their time, including me. Find a fishing hole. Find a place where you can put the spiritual bait of the gospel where the souls of men are, and be as deliberate and as intentional in fishing for men as you are in everything else. With that said, I'm gonna turn it over to Carl Kajoski and Marta. Uh, to give you an announcement about FOI and to show you an opportunity where you can put the pole in the water for the souls of men. So,
7: That's the shortest message Kenny's ever given. (laughs) And it was still convicting. Like, I get that every Sunday. Um... Like Kenny said, uh, I was going to talk just uh, for a few minutes about uh, Friends of Internationals. Um, If anyone in here is looking for an opportunity to put feet to fishing, like Kenny described, I cannot think about a better, easier opportunity than Friends of Internationals, especially the welcome party, which is on September the 9th. So if you are sitting in this room and you're thinking, I'm not doing what Kenny said I should be doing. Like, I'm, I got a softball and I'm going to put it on a tee and I'm going to give you a three foot bat to swing at it and you get a million strikes. You cannot miss with this thing. There will be, was it, honey, was it like about 200 people showed up last uh, last year? So there'll be about 200 international students. They're all relatively young. They have a desire to learn, they're very open to conversations, and they're all lost. All that we have to do is show up, um, preferably sign up to bring some food, sign up to serve for a couple of hours, and then the biggest thing that you can do is try and just, and it's almost impossible not to, make a connection, Start a relationship, become a friend with one person that you can invest in maybe over the next school year. It is super easy to make friends at this thing. You'll, you'll go out, I think Martha probably goes to an FOI thing and she comes like one or two phone numbers every single time she goes, um, goes to one of the events just because people want to connect with other people. They don't have any friends. I mean, they just moved here from you know halfway across the world. They may have two or three friends. It's super, super, super easy to make relationships with people and to put feet to relational evangelism. And as you walk through life and you do different events with FOI or you just get time to be uh, spend time with these people, gospel conversations are super easy to have. You'll have a dozen opportunities to talk to people about the Lord. And it's super, super easy. So if you're looking for that, that one thing to get your feet wet, maybe you're like scared to death to tell people about Jesus because you think they're going to be a raging Satanist and want to kill you. Um, that doesn't happen. Um, go to mbtkc.org slash events. Uh, there a, there's a sign up button there now. I think there's going to be an announcement in main service too. Sign up to bring and serve, and we're not asking people to serve the whole time. We want people to serve for a couple of hours or or, uh, maybe maybe just one. But then have time to have conversations with people and to build a relationship with just that one person so you'll get an opportunity to have conversations with folks. It's also, if you've never done something like that, it's a super easy way to see how it's done and do it alongside someone else. There are lots of different activities and things like that that we do as groups, so you'll be able to see how people just relate to um, other folks and, and have those conversations. So if you are going to go, it's it's um, Saturday, September 9th. So you, I mean, who plans a month in advance? You have nothing to do that day, right? <laughs> go sign up. So then you put it on your calendar. Um, if you're going to bring if you're going to bring some food, um, just a couple logistical things. Don't bring anything with pork. Um, try to stick to chicken if you're going to bring some with meat. This is the this is a great place to, to bring that uh, killer vegetarian dish that you always make and nobody eats. Um, <clears throat> there'll be plenty of that. If you, bring, if you want to bring drinks, uh, don't bring anything that needs cups. Just bring bottles or cans. Um, and then, uh, like I said, there's uh, opportunities both to serve and to bring food. And it is a remarkable opportunity to fish for men. Yeah. Do I get to pray? Oh, man! Yeah! All right. Father, um, God, we're thankful um, that you entrust in us um, just with the, um, the stewardship of, of sharing the gospel uh, with the lost. Um, God, we thank you for um, uh, just being faithful to us and giving us those opportunities. God, I pray for the upcoming um, FOI welcome party and all the other FOI events during the year. Uh, God, I just pray that um, that you would help us all, God, um, it's, it's a, uh, it's a ministry we can all participate in, uh, whether we're young or old, um, father, we can, we can all make relationships with people and God, I pray that you would, um, regardless of, of how we do it, uh, got to pray that you would continue to encourage us and correct us, um, in the, in the area of fishing for men that God, we would always be looking to have gospel conversations with people. Uh, that we'd be seeking after the lost, Um, that, God, we would be um, just constantly begging you for opportunities to share your gospel, and, God, that you would just give us prepared hearts um, to talk to, and, God, that you would give those that we do share the gospel with the faith to believe, and that, God, we we would just be uh, part of the work that you're doing to increase your kingdom. And, God, we pray that as we go to main service that, um, God, you would just uh, continue uh, to bless us, to help us to Uh, to seek after you and what you have for us today, God, that we would go from here uh, changed, uh, better equipped to serve you, and uh, God, just more willing and wanting um, to just to share the gospel and to make disciples in Jesus' name. Amen.